When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Bryce Shelby is a slender black man who is known around Denver for attending the racial justice protests with an assault rifle slung over his shoulder, which isn't illegal. Colorado is an open carry state. Bryce would often wear Black Panther Party t-shirts during demonstrations. He's agreed to meet with me in Denver. It's a February afternoon, and it's bitterly cold. There's a fresh dusting of snow on the ground. Bryce is sitting down as I'm setting up. He's fiddling with his phone, and we're talking. Let's close this. So, uh... Is there any questions I can answer for you? You said you, you're kind of like hearing names kind of brings people back, like kind of helps you appreciate yeah. what was going on. Um, just the idea that, um, it was, I guess it wasn't Zebediah, you know, that was, that said what he said to the, to the officers. It, it just, you know what I mean? Just hearing certain names. Not that I'm trying to hurt anybody or nothing like that, but you know what I mean? I'm, I cross certain names off the list. Like, okay, he didn't say nothing. In one of our earlier phone conversations, as I was arranging this interview, I had told Bryce something that surprised him. Zeb Hall wasn't an FBI informant. Until that phone conversation, Bryce had been certain Zeb was the snitch. Bryce is interested in crossing off names because he's running a process of elimination. To this day, he's never figured out exactly why the FBI went after him. Did you think Zeb was maybe, you know, part of what happened to you? Well, he was at one of the uh, situations with Mickey, but we can yeah, get we'll into get it. Okay. Yeah, we're about to get into it. I'm Trevor Aronson from Western Sound and iHeart Podcast. This is Alphabet Boys. Episode 6, Dumpster Fire. In the business world, aggressive investors will do what's called a roll-up. 
They'll enter a distressed industry, buy up as many competing companies as they can, merge those companies together, that is, roll them up, and then corner the market. Mickey's about to try his own version of a roll-up for the FBI. He's already got one target, Zeb Hall, who's talked in vague terms about violence and revolution. And if Mickey can roll up Zeb with another big-talking revolutionary, then he's got what the Justice Department could present to the public as a terrorism conspiracy case. And Mickey's got someone in mind for his roll-up with Zeb. Bryce Shelby. I came out here with a rifle because y'all killing us anyways when we come to protest and spraying it down and pepper gassing it and tear bombing it and everything like that, doing things to antagonize the crowd, to make the crowd mess with the cops. I, I don't know Bryce was known as a verbal bomb thrower. He talks fast, with a rhythmic cadence, and he's passionate about confronting racial injustice. Like, really passionate. Like, rhetoric so heated that you really begin to wonder, man, maybe this guy could get violent. When they hop out of these unmarked cars, what the fuck you gonna do? You gonna holler hands up, don't shoot, or you gonna fire on they fucking ass? Throw their ass you lawfully, legally own firearms, and you are going to Aurora, Colorado tomorrow to protest, bring your rifle. That's all I gotta say. Bryce is, as it happens, an aspiring hip-hop artist. He goes by the stage name Acoustic. And thanks to that flowing, lyrical voice, Bryce is pretty good. In Denver, there was an open mic series called Melanated Mike that became a gravitational center for local racial justice activists. Regular speakers included Bryce, Zepp Hall, and Trey Quinn. He was me if I never had a felony. This is Trey describing Bryce. Trey recruited people to speak at Melanated Mike and during the demonstrations. If I had never had a felony, I'd have been a licensed gun owner. I probably would have been a lot more like him, you know, with my rhetoric and just the way I acted. You know, I'd, I, I do these things a certain way because I know that they can use it against me. And so I can't just outright say all my belief in the most raw form. And he would say the things out loud that I would think out loud, like, you know, or think like I think up here, but I, they come out of my mouth a different way. He would say just that, you know, that's how, how he was. So Bryce was, he was radical me for sure. Bryce could be a live wire. And sometimes in his speeches, he'd just go, way too far. He often had the right idea, but it would just come out wrong. Very wrong. Once we had a town hall and me and Bryce spoke. I spoke first, Bryce spoke second. Um, And Bryce, he made a Hitler reference. He made a Donald Trump, Hitler, socialism reference. And he used Hitler as the hinge point for the reference. Now, it takes so much nuance to understand what he was saying because it to the, the layman, it literally sounded like he just said, Hitler was right. You know what I'm saying? But he's literally saying uh, Hitler used a rhetoric about socialists that also applies to this right now. This is what he was trying to say. He could have used any other person, but he used that. Bryce's Hitler speech happened in August 2020, around the time that Mickey had falsely accused Trey of being an informant. And there were rumors online circulating about Trey, including that he was a Fed, that he was an anti-Semite, that he just couldn't be trusted. On the Reddit thread, 
Of the black speakers that spoke that night, it was all about me and everything that all of the black speakers said, apparently I said. They were like, Trey said this and that and he and he made a Hitler reference. I told you he was an end, all this crazy shit. And I knew I was like, y'all weren't even out there. None of these people were here. And so to me, those felt like fake accounts for sure. You know what I mean? Like one person with several accounts helping construct the narrative. That's what it felt like to me. I wish I could prove that shit. If you remember, Mickey starts spreading rumors that Trey was working for the feds. And that whisper campaign is having an effect. So in confusion among the leaders and participants of the demonstrations. And leading to allegations online, all made by anonymous accounts, that Trey is a problem. At the time, Trey isn't telling others that he suspects Mickey's an informant. He doesn't want word getting back to Mickey, because Trey's working under a strategy of keeping your enemies close. So Bryce has no idea about Trey's suspicions. And one night, Bryce attends a party hosted by Mickey and his allies. It's in the apartment with all the PKK flags, the one where Zeb had seen, on several occasions, a table full of guns. This is probably like where it all starts, I guess, for me. Back to Bryce. Like other demonstrators in Denver, Bryce is fed up. Nothing's changing, and they're getting their asses kicked by the cops every night. There was a bunch of people there, and there was just, you know, like... I was just super frustrated with just a whole bunch of different things. Mickey comes up to Bryce at the party. You know what I mean? He was like, you know, what's your, how do you feel? I was like, man, like, not literally thinking like that, but just like, man, like, they're not going to give us no kind of justice, no other kind of way. Let's hit them where it hurts for real. I was basically just saying how I felt. Like, let's hit them where it hurts. Like, they're killing us. Bryce stops here and he goes on a tangent. It's a bit of a rant. I'm going to let you hear it, because this is Bryce's typical rhetoric, the type of thing he'd say in front of crowds during protests. But this is also what he's saying to Mickey, an FBI informant, when they meet at the party. America, Black people, African Americans, Negroes, niggers, niggas, whatever, we have been under persecution and treated a certain way by Europeans, Eurasians, whatever you want to call white people of lighter skin for at least three centuries, four centuries. We've been looking for uh, something from your treaty from 1835 that says you was going to give everybody 40 acres. We've been looking for that for a hundred years since we've been out of slavery. Um, Now you have sworn peace officers who are killing black people for whatever specific reason. So to see it happen and, it started getting close at home. Like I said, Trayvon, Mike Brown, everything like that. And the politicians aren't doing anything. The governor, the mayor, there's no laws being changed. There's no bills being uh, submitted. Uh, the officers aren't being penalized or uh, what's the word? Um, prosecuted. Sorry. <laughs> You're not really seeing anything on the systematic side of it. Thing of things. So it's like, okay, they're killing us. Let's show him how it feels one time, basically. And that's kind of where, you know, that's that again, that's where conversation with Mickey, you know, I mean, kind of pretty much went more or less. Mickey seems receptive to what Bryce is saying. And to impress Bryce, he starts talking about his experience fighting ISIS in Iraq. Mickey brought out a picture of him standing over like I don't know how many people's bodies 
with a you know cigar in his mouth, rifle in his hand. I don't know if that was exactly that, but it, I know it was him in the picture standing over some bodies with a rifle in his hand. He may not have had the cigar. I say the cigar because he smoked them. Uh, standing over a bunch of dead bodies, and then next to the picture was an ISIS flag. Bryce is impressed. He assumes Mickey's some kind of mercenary. Mickey tells Bryce that he wants to talk to him more, in private. He invites Bryce to join him for lunch the next day. So let's go to lunch, after the break. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, this is Special Agent Scott Dahlstrom with Special Agent Byron Mitchell. It's a sunny day in Denver. This is the week that racial justice activists have begun their full-on attacks targeting police buildings with rocks and fireworks. Actions that Mickey had hyped up and encouraged. FBI Agent Scott Dahlstrom, Mickey's handler, is sitting in the passenger seat of a black sedan. He hands Mickey a recording device. You have to screenshot all that. Yeah. Peace, love, and hair grease. Peace, love, and hair grease, Mickey tells the FBI agents. He then walks back to his silver hearse. Mickey already has a song ready for this moment, as if he put together a playlist for his work as an FBI informant. The song Mickey's playing is Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress by the Hollies. Down, 
about an FBI undercover agent during Prohibition. He's inside a speakeasy, and the cops are about to raid the place. He's not answering this phone, so I'm going to drive by his house. He sees a beautiful singer and saves her from arrest. As the song plays, the FBI's hidden camera gets flipped around and faces the partition separating the hearse's driver's cabin from the area where the coffin would normally be stowed. Leaning against the partition, you can see a crossbow with arrows. This isn't a Robin Hood-style crossbow either. We're talking about a military-style death dealer, designed like a rifle that fires arrows instead of bullets. A true zombie apocalypse kind of crossbow. After driving for about 10 minutes, Mickey parks and gets out of the hearse. It's the summer of 2020, remember. The pandemic is in high gear and vaccines are several months away. Most people are still wearing face masks indoors. In the undercover video, you can see Mickey putting on his mask. It's black. On the left side, it reads Peshmerga with a Kurdish flag. On the right side, it says 9th Brigade with a logo for the Punisher. I'm pretty sure this wasn't standard issue for volunteer Peshmerga fighters. Mickey, no doubt, had it made at a screen printing place. Anyway, this afternoon, with his custom-made Peshmerga Punisher mask, Mickey has his tough guy costume on, and he struts into Famous Dave's, a chain barbecue restaurant. How are you doing? Good, how many you get for this? Uh, this will be three months, so I kind of like to style all the loud music. I can turn it down, but I don't think really I have a center. Mickey's asked for a table for three, and of course, since he's secretly recording this for the FBI, he's also requested for the restaurant's music to be turned down. About 15 minutes later, the activist Bryce Shelby shows up. What are you up to? Mickey's arranged this lunch to bring Bryce and Zeb together. Mickey and the FBI are now targeting both of them, trying to find a way to set them up on federal criminal charges. At the beginning of this lunch, Mickey appears to hope he can envelop them in a kind of conspiracy. It's all vague at this point, but Mickey's aim is to fold them into some sort of big, violent plot. At the time, Bryce doesn't really know Zeb. Zeb hasn't arrived for lunch yet, and so Mickey tells Bryce that he's bringing the two of them together because, in Mickey's words, they're talking about the same shit. Yeah, you know Zeb. Like, what? He knows Zeb? Like, yeah. Okay. All right, this is going to be something. Yeah, because he said Zeb is like, because uh, Zeb was talking about like the same shit. Yeah. And he was like, I was like, you know what? Because I didn't want to like bring everybody together to try to make sure everybody was cool. Yeah. That's why I asked the way I asked to make sure everybody's like yeah. kosher. The waiter then comes up to the table. I'll take a Sprite. Zero is okay? That's fine. So I, uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe bring everybody together and see if it works out like that. You know what I mean? So, no harm, no foul. You know? Yeah. Me and Zeb been talking for a minute. Bryce tells Mickey that Zeb has been encouraging him to tone down his rhetoric and speeches, something Bryce doesn't want to do. Mickey then suggests to Bryce that Zeb might have an ulterior motive. Well, I guess he's trying to keep like everything like under the radar a little bit. Keep things under the radar. Mickey says, as if Zeb is the mastermind of some big plot in the making. And then, about 10 minutes later, Zeb arrives. I was wondering if you were coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to stop everything. How you doing? Doing good. Good, good. Oh, fuck. When I saw it, it was Bryce. I was like, what the fuck? This nigga right here? Zeb didn't know that Bryce was going to be at this lunch. 
I didn't trust this dude. I didn't think he was just, you know, we all had some issues. Hell, I've got issues, but this dude just wasn't fucking there. And when I saw him, I'm like, what the fuck? This guy, you know, Bryce would walk around with a fucking semi-automatic gun at some of the protests. He walked around with a fucking noose around his neck. And yeah, people, everybody was upset, but I'm like, yo, this fucking guy? And at that point, you know, I'm there. I was like, all right, let's just see what the fuck's going on now. But Mickey wants to bring these guys together. And he wastes no time in getting started. He tells Zeb and Bryce that his guy, an outlaw biker, a bad motherfucker, is coming into town. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> nobody can hear us, so they're all talking. Okay, so I talked to my dude. He's on board. Um, what he's going to do, he's coming in Tuesday, so we have to figure out where we'll meet at. Nowhere like this on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he'll walk you through what the game plan is. Mickey says he's going to back away from all this once he introduces Zeb and Bryce to his guy. And his excuse for doing that is, he's got a broken finger. Mickey claims to have injured his finger in a motorcycle accident at Sturgis, an annual biker rally in South Dakota. I'm going to have to step back for a little bit because of this fucking situation until yeah. this is resolved. Because I am, like, no good with the fucked up finger. Like, literally, my shit, let me show you something. That's how bad my motherfucking finger is. So as you can see there... The bone's completely shattered. Yeah, so it's completely shattered. So <clears throat> I have to, and they're going to have to like... Um, Too much jacking off, man. Zeb cracks a juvenile joke, in case you missed it. Too much jacking off, man. I, I wish, but it ain't, it ain't the jacking off. But the, the thing is that they said, um, apparently what they told me was that they're going to have to put, cut through my fingertip, put a pin in there. If that does not work... Mickey explains that he needs to get the finger treated or he runs the risk of losing it altogether. Mickey then starts to encourage Zeb and Bryce to come up with a plan. But, he warns, they can't bring anybody else in. It's gotta remain super secret. Don't tell anyone what we're talking about. Yeah, but let me, let me tell you something. I'm gonna be real with you a second, okay? And I'm, I'm gonna put it as, as an outlaw biker point of view. When you bring too many fucking people in, somebody's gonna talk. Yeah. Motherfucker gets pulled over in a DUI, they're gonna talk. Motherfucker gets on a dope charge. They're gonna talk. Motherfucker goes to a fucking massage parlor and he's getting massaged up and then he gets motherfucking arrested. Motherfucker gets snitched. The waiter comes to the table and Mickey, Bryce, and Zeb stop their tough guy talk and order food as if nothing's going on. Yeah, Mickey yeah. says he's buying. Ready to get some food going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mickey orders ribs with beans and mashed potatoes. I wanna, I wanna do ribs. Zeb orders the same. And Bryce says he'll take a chicken sandwich. All right. Anything else, guys? And garlic toast for me. Okay. Instead of the muffins? No, I don't like muffins. I hate muffins. What? I do not. Man, I eat that shit in the South so much. That's like eating fish in the ocean. I'm fucking tired of that shit. You say Wilbur and I ain't no fucking, I ain't no soccer ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. No worries. Yeah, I'll eat anything. Cool, cool. Once the waiter leaves, the tough guy talk picks back up. You have these short instances in time, like y'all are thinking. But let me learn what I need to learn, and I'll build up and make something good, right? I want to burn the whole fucking city. Zeb is talking a lot like he was earlier, when he and Mickey met in his apartment. A lot of vague ideas, speeches, propaganda, training, but with a big, splashy conclusion. I want to burn the whole fucking city down, Zeb says. But Zeb doesn't have any sort of timeline or much of a plan. It's wild talk, really. Zeb continues to say violence is needed to break our corrupt and racist system. But he's somehow going to inspire others to commit violence, not committing himself. 
Right. Why can't I build up over time and anger and resentment and then just throw up some fucking event and we go to a rich neighborhood and I cannot control what the people do. Why can't I grow anger over time, Zeb says, and then create a demonstration in a rich neighborhood? If people get violent, well, I can't control people. That appears to be the extent of Zeb's recipe for revolution. And that's not good enough for Mickey. But which, which, which rich neighborhood are you thinking of? Think of it over time. You got six months left. Yeah, but you got to remember, my guy doesn't have six months. All I need him to teach me. I don't know, man. I, you'll have to talk to him. But the thing I'm telling you is, this guy's an old bullshit type of cat. You know what I mean? He's not going to, like, sit around and fucking make hamburgers or shit like that. I mean, if y'all trying to do shit, he's going to help you with it. But you got to understand, this guy's an old fuck around type of dude. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I mean, you look at Bryce's plan. Bryce is talking about immediate action, you know, newsflash shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do you think, Bryce? Bryce says he feels like they're running out of time. The cops are kicking their asses. Something more needs to be done. And soon. And Mickey encourages a more specific plan. Blow up a courthouse, maybe. Or shoot the attorney general. You know, I'll put it to you like this. Let me just be real with you for a second. At the end of the day, it's cool. Whatever your game plan is, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and tell you you should do this and you should do that. I'm not going to say that, okay? But you need to have an objective of what you're going to do. I mean, you know, you like, if Bryce is planning on, like, okay, I want to blow up a motherfucking courthouse, I need to know what the game plan is. I'm going to shoot up a motherfucking attorney general so I can tell my dude this is what's up. Because if I tell my dude, like, yeah, they're going to come out and hang out for nine months and they want to do some training. I don't think we got that much time. Mickey says he needs to give his contact, the no-fuck-around guy, an action plan. Otherwise, this is all just talk going nowhere. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I got to tell my dude a game plan. I can't tell him, like, well, they plan on, like, eight or nine months. You tell me, okay, cool, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Click. Zeb won't commit to anything concrete. But Bryce, he likes one of Mickey's big ideas. That's after the break. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. 
Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Mickey, Zeb, and Bryce are sitting at a table at a famous Dave's barbecue restaurant in Denver. Zeb's blueprints for revolution are vague and all over the place, as usual. We'll wait a few months, get people angry, and then they'll lash out with violence, bringing down the whole system, or something like that. And Mickey is getting frustrated with all this gas bagging. He wants to introduce Zeb and Bryce to this person he calls his outlaw biker buddy, a no-fuck-around guy to use Mickey's description, who can provide whatever help they need. Training, guns, explosives, you name it. So Mickey reveals to Zeb that Bryce might have a scheme in mind that the no-fuck-around guy could get behind. Bryce has the home address of an important elected official. And well, what if that politician winds up dead, shot as he's getting out of his car or leaving his house? So question is, are you cool with are you cool with Bryce doing what he needs to do? I don't give a fuck. If he's gonna do it, do it, motherfucker. Shit. Okay, mm-hmm. do it. Yep. And DA Patrick. Yeah. I got the DA's address. Bryce says, referring to the district attorney. Well, the, you mean the attorney general, mm-hmm. not the DA. Mm-hmm. That's even better. That's even better. Yeah. My thing is, it's clear from this conversation that Bryce doesn't know that the district attorney and the attorney general are two different people two different elected positions. Zeb then goes on another tangent about how violence against someone like the attorney general could be the start of something big. But in typical Zeb fashion, he describes how they'll also need to do speeches and propaganda, have a demonstration, maybe a parade, get people so frustrated that they'll get off their couches and overthrow the ruling class. Mickey just ignores most of what Zeb is saying and then brings it back to Bryce's specific plan. What is, seemingly, an assassination plot against Colorado's attorney general. All of this is happening over lunch at Famous Dave's. Right. But here's the thing. So this is what I'm going to do then. I'm just going to let my boy know that... uh, I'm just going to talk to him and say, look, homeboy has a plan how he wants to go about it. You want to kind of approach it on a different level. And that way, and I think a good idea too is just to cover our asses. Have we'll have Zebedias get my weapons, get my toys for me. Mm-hmm. We'll have him get my toys for me, and then you focus on your game plan. And I'll have my boy focus on helping you do what you need to do. Okay. Do you I know mean, anything about like rifles? Like, do you know anything about rifles? Bryce asks. Bryce at this time has a bullet jammed in his rifle and he can't get it out. A circumstance that would make killing the attorney general pretty challenging. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's He's gonna, he'll, he'll take a look at that shit for you. Okay. Yeah, I talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, he'll show you how to walk. The, Mickey is whipping up Bryce to commit himself to this assassination plan. So you're thinking for sure that the AG 
Right. Then the discussion takes a very weird turn. Zeb, listening to everything and wanting to be part of the conversation, begins to suggest that they should figure out a way to use Denver's sewer systems to move around the city. As if they're, I don't know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, but where's the sewer at? I mean, where? Yeah, I wonder. Let's use the sewers, Zeb says. But where are the sewers? Mickey asks. They're all under us, Zeb replies. Well, who's, whose sewers are you talking about? The, gov- the, the governor, the police chief, the mayor, the mayor? I don't even know where the fuck he lives. The conversation continues like this. An absurd discussion of sewers. And the three men finish eating and walk outside of the restaurant and into the parking lot. Mickey is clearly annoyed and wants to steer his targets away from Zeb's ludicrous idea to launch the revolution from Denver's sewer system and toward Bryce's nascent plan to kill an elected official. Mickey says he's got to let his contact know what's up, and soon. Okay. So I'm going to let him know who do you want to get then? Attorney General. Okay, well, all right, I'll make a call. All right. Cool. Appreciate you, bro. Yep. Already. All right, you have to get back? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Play, play it slow, you know yeah. what I mean? Black power. Already, y'all. Yeah, all right. Mickey gets in his silver hearse and sums up his meeting with Zepp and Bryce. Uh, what a dumpster fire. Mickey's playing Fleetwood Mac on the car stereo. After a short drive, he gets out of the hearse and walks over to meet with the FBI agents, who are sitting in their black sedan. Mickey taps on the car window. FBI agent Scott Dahlstrom opens the door, and Mickey hands him the recording device. Attorney General's your target. Attorney General's your target, Mickey tells the agents. The FBI now appears to have a serious investigation in Denver, a plot to assassinate a statewide elected official. Motherfucker, hop out the car. You know what I mean? Pop him. Bam. That's in the next episode. This is Trojan Hearse, season one of Alphabet Boys. Alphabet Boys is a production of Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts. The show is reported, written, and hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. For more information about the series, or to drop us a tip, head to our website, alphabetboys.xyz. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram, at Trevor Aronson. We believe this story is important and could result in changes to FBI oversight and public policy. But to have an impact, people need to hear the story. So we need your help. First, tell your friends about the show. Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. Second, spread the word on social media. At alphabetboys.xyz, you'll find FBI undercover recordings and secret documents. You can share stuff the government never wanted public. Third, help us ride the algorithms by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. That helps other people find us. And thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.